This is the big ponder. Every era has its heroes, its music, its tragedies, and, of course, its candy. So what kind of candy do kids eat now? Um, maybe like some like Tootsie Pops, maybe. Really? What about Sour Patch? Oh, yeah, a lot of Sour Patch. If you had some money, allowance or whatever, what would you buy? I would buy, like, Jolly Ranchers and I don't know what else, though. What's your favorite kind? Um, I like the strawberry. Isn't there strawberry? And I also like the orange one. So when you get money, do you get an allowance? Yeah, kind of. What do you spend your money on? Well, I usually save my money, but sometimes we go to stores and I like like to get like cotton candy or like Jolly Ranchers. How about you? I usually like to get either Sour Patch Kids, maybe Airheads, Starbursts, maybe like Twix, maybe like some candy bars, I think. And maybe Kit Kats. What'd you say? Your favorite is what? Skittles and M&M's. Are those still candies kids eat? Yes, a lot. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. What would you do for a Kit Kat bar? I have no idea. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop? Let's see. One, two, two. Tootsie Roll. Necco wafers. Juicy fruits. Juicy fruits. Bubblegum cigarettes that blow smoke. Wax lips. <gasps> Candy dots. Uh, Mary Jane. Candy might be the universal language everyone needs right now. Sugus, sugus, sugus von Susha. Now, why else all the way around the world do we remember those ads, songs, you know, the books and the movies about sweets, except they make us smile? Do you remember how E.T. was lured out of hiding by Elliot with that irresistible human bait, a trail of Reese's Pieces? Sales exploded 65% right after the movie came out. And what about that cult classic Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? It's remembered because of a candy called Toot Sweets, made by the widower with the cute little kids, the kids who set their own dad up with the beautiful Truly Scrumptious, daughter of Lord Scrumptious, who owns the candy factory. The most famous candy movie, you can argue with me, but perhaps it's... Oompa Loompa Doopity Doo. Oh, sugar, da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, honey, honey, da-da-da-da-da-da. You are my candy girl, and you got me wanting you. <laughs> Duplo, Hanuta, Prickelpit, Überraschungseier. Those are kinder eggs, literally surprise eggs. Kuhbonbons, those are literally cow bonbons. Schleckmuscheln, literally licking muscles. Kinderschokolade, literally kids' chocolate, chocolate for kids. Wowie whistle. Malted milk ball. Um, I just went blank. Okay, N- what are these? Nick lips, Nick nips. Yeah. Do you know what's funny about candy and about about your store and what you had in that store is um, it's kind of a it connects everybody. I don't know how how you feel. Oh, it really. You know, does. we're all so divided right now in this country. But you know, candy. If if you if you put candy out there, 
Oh, all absolutely. And then somebody will take their favorite. You go, oh, you love those two? I love those two. And you may not have ever even known the person before. Yeah. But yeah, it does connect you for sure. Milka, Raider versus Twix, Moncherie. Pom-poms? Oh, they were. Big hunk. <laughs> like you, Tony. Milk dud. Candy cigarettes. Reese's Pieces. Uh, they used to have bubble gum on a long rope. It was like 36 inches long. It was grape. It was like, a, it was like, it's, it's a rope of grape gum. It was horrible, but I loved it. Tony Vallejos created and owned the Fort Collins Candy Store in Emporium. It was his lifetime dream, but it was forced to close in 2020, a victim of COVID. When the doors shut for good, Northern Colorado lost one of its happiest places. Sorry. You know, the store not being open, it, I don't know, really want to record that part. So, I know what the store meant to so many people. It wasn't a candy store. It was an accidental thing. I built a candy store, yes. But when the candy store opened and I brought in my toy collection, something else took over. When I opened the candy store, I didn't know it was going to open up this thing that called feelings. <laughs> you know, and I do. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everybody who I met here in the building, and I brought them upstairs and I give them some candy, they will, it will always end up that they're going to tell me that whatever I just gave them reminded them of somebody in their family or an event in their life or something. COVID was a setback to Colorado's candy man. But Tony Vallejos has found that in order to save the candy store, he must be as flexible as, as Laffy Taffy. This summer, he moved hundreds of pieces of memorabilia he'd saved for 50 years, practically a lifetime, from the Emporium into a space in his new apartment in a senior care facility where he lives with and takes care of his mom. The space is a time machine just waiting for blastoff. So you've got your collection in storage. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so what are the things that people really love when they, when they came into your store and your museum and, and saw? Well, the thing that surprised me that I brought in that was, uh, was the Looney Tune collection. So I have uh, pretty much the entire collection of the Looney Tune collector glass that you would get from the uh, drive-throughs. Oh, I see them. They're awesome. Oh, so yeah. they were free. They were, well, no, you would pay. So you would. They came from Hardee's, which is now Carl's Juniors, and uh, they were twenty-nine cents extra, and then you get a free refill, and you would collect them all. And I have collected them all, and there's and they come in, and these are the. It was surprising because I have all these really rare antiques and toys, but when they people turn around and saw the Looney Tunes because everybody had them you everybody went to fast food places and got a little glass and that's because they no, not too many people had the howdy duty toys or the roy roger toys but they did have the looney tune glasses and i see an oscar meyer wiener yeah there's an oscar meyer wiener bank and there's i collect anything that's kind of food related so i have like uh you know uh, tony the tiger memorabilia big boy and mr peanut i just was focused on iconic symbols of our past that people related to. Those are the funny face Kool-Aid glasses. Yes. So that is the entire collection of funny face mugs. And you would send in 
10 cents uh, back in the 70s, they were competitive with Kool-Aid. You would send in 10 cents. I think I did that. Yeah. And they would send you. And I personally got or that orange guy. Jolly Alley yeah, Orange? Yeah, it came with my, I still have the box with my name on it. You do not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. He was born a couple of generations too late, Tony the Candyman. But he's a bridge to the past for so many who are stunned at the scores of treasures he brought from his emporium, now arranged on endless shelves in a tiny room, on tables and tucked into corners. It's a magical space in an unlikely place. And when I closed down the store and even moved into my house, my apartment, when the management came upstairs and she had heard that I had brought my collection upstairs, she came in, she walked in the room, and as I'm explaining to her why the toys were there and why they're going to be going away soon, because it's a lot, it's a lot of toys in one space. And I turn around and she's got tears rolling down her face and she said that it was just too much to take in. When I walked in to that room, it was just like, I just couldn't, I was just taken back. So, my, I, I, it, I mean, it was, it's almost, I was almost speechless, really. But the tears just came, you know, instantly. It just caught her off guard. It did. It was a little, people said to me all the time, it was overwhelming it, when they came in my store. It is just all the good. I mean, it's just all the good, it really is. Just grandparents, just the love, the everything you can walk in. And it's just like you're instantly taken back to that time and you know, with them being gone so long, you just don't feel that anymore. I mean, you feel the sadness because they're gone. It's almost like you forget for a little while and then you see it. It just brings joy, just comfort, really. It was kind of like a, just a big hug, you know, for me. I asked a woman named Susan Benjamin who is a candy historian, and yes, there is such a thing, what it is about an everyday thing like candy that cracks our ivory tower, that connects us to the point of bringing us to our knees. It's so amazing how much candy means to people. And part of the reason is that our grandparents and great-grandparents and aunts and people who loved us gave it to us. Also, for many of us, we went and were able to make purchases when we were kids and have a big bag of penny candy, or we had them at parties. So there are all of these really wonderful, fond memories, and probably the best of them would be the grandparents and great-grandparents, as I mentioned, who carried these candies in their purses and pockets and gave them to us because they loved us and they wanted us to know. I started getting into historic candy because someone had asked me a question about candy in general. I'd always been a researcher of many things, including language and including mythology. And here I was asked about candy, and what I discovered was unbelievable. The most interesting and most salient aspects of what it is to have been in North America from the origins of sugars and sweets with the Native Americans to the present day. So going way back, what's the first recorded sign that humans were gnawing on something for enjoyment? Are we talking 1700, you know, time of dawn? <laughs> like when did that first start? The first known chewing gum 
was actually about 9,000 years old and was found by researchers in Sweden. The irony of this chewing gum is that the teeth marks in it turned out to be those of a Neanderthal teenager. So you just have to imagine that his mother's yelling at him and he's chewing the gum and he spits it out. But that was it, the first gum. It was made out of tree resin. You said we love candy, but we also hate it, Susan. What do you mean by that? How can you do both? Well, we love candy, and we use words like sweetheart and honey in a really dear kind of a way with people, and we want to eat it, and we love candy when we eat it, but we also feel guilty because we think that it is bad for you, it doesn't have any nutritional value, it adds calories, and so on. So it also is about fun. We love to work, and if we don't love to work, we do it anyway, but we're not quite there with having fun. Candy is fun. Candy and music culture collided in 1964 when John Lennon and George Harrison publicly confessed to a jelly baby fetish. And then they had to take cover when adoring fans decided that throwing them was a groovy idea. A reporter asked George about it on February 11th, 1964. George, there's been some remarks accredited to the Beatles that you aren't too appreciative of all the jelly beans being thrown at you on your tour. No, it's a bit dangerous, you know, because a uh, jelly bean traveling about 50 mile an hour through the air, if it hits you in the eye, well, you're finished, you know, you're blind, aren't you? So we've, you know, we've never liked people throwing stuff like that. We don't mind them throwing streamers, but jelly beans are a bit dangerous, you see. Fast forward to 55 years to a real-life movie theater on the ground floor of the Fort Collins Senior Living Center where Tony has earned himself some new friends by showing old films and TV shows and, of course, giving out those sweets in fancy wrapping. Residents settle in with their dinner trays and open their purses and pockets to stuff the old-time candy inside. He scoops from a huge, sparkling, antique glass jar. Hey, it's Hey, hey. Where's my neck away first? I'm waiting. <laughs> Come on in. I, I set everything up over here, Linda. Oh, you have my, <laughs> my Napoleon... Coconut bars. Coconut bars, <laughs> yep. I gave one to Linda. Those are back. my mom's favorites. And he gave me one, and I just got so teary-eyed. And he's like, what's wrong? I said, that's what my mama always ate. And it just brought back so many memories to me. It was incredible. And we were talking about it just yesterday. He Part started crying again. I felt so bad. Yeah. She got so teary-eyed just talking about that moment. Yeah. And I had to give her a hug and, and I thought like I'd done something terrible to her. And especially if they're, they passed, it really has a huge strength to that. I was sharing eating this with my mom. Yeah. You know, I mean, I really felt her presence just by having a piece of candy. It's mm -hmm. so weird. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain. Yeah. And it's emotional. Big. She specifically liked the Napoleon ones, you know, with the the different flavors. And What are the flavors on it? It's strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate, just like Napoleon yeah. ice cream. But what is it about how candy, I mean, it's just candy. It's just, I know, but candies really invoke memories. You know, they bring you back to a place and a time and 
even people that you're with and your siblings and yeah it just brings back so many memories that it's a great thing brings a smile to your face every time you have something or even see something like he's got my other favorites here are Necco wafers those are another super nostalgic thing for me because we always ate Necco wafers they're the oldest candy our, in America I, are they really? Are they really? Yeah. So these are from 1847 and wow. uh, from the NECO, which means the At New England uh, Confectionery Company. In church. Like, people will remember in church, the grandma would pull one of those out. Oh, right. You know, because Keep they the weren't messy. quiet, right. <laughs> we played church when we were growing up. We played school. We played house. We played, all, like, cowboys and Indians and all kinds of stuff. And we would play church. And... And we were going to study school, so and I, as I'm telling you, this it sounds kind of weird, but, uh, but we would we would give communion <laughs> to each other. The Necco wafers. There were five of us kids in the family, and we would always argue over who was going to get which color and whatever. Well, they they all have flavors. They're all, each one's individually oh, flavored. Right? Do you remember how much they cost? Were they like pennies back then? Oh, I think they were like a quarter or something like for that. for a big old long. Right for the whole thing. Very nostalgic, too. Well, the Necco wafer um, has long been used by grandmothers in church who have given it to their kids to keep them quiet. But also, the flat Necco wafer was used as a communion wafer. It wasn't really one, but it was easy enough to give to a kid to figure out how to accept it, how to do it. Well, lo and behold, in the 50s in Belgium, a communion wafer maker, a real one, was having trouble selling his communion wafers. Who knows why? But anyway, he got this idea. It's the Cold War, and we have rockets going off, and we're thinking of nuclear missiles, and we're thinking about the space age and the moon. And, and he took two communion wafers, put them together, filled them up with little sugar pieces, and they look like a satellite, and that is the satellite wafer of today. Are they still communion wafers? Are they still made out of that same... There's something different with them, um, maybe a little bit more varied flavors than yesterday's communion wafers. But people who eat them always comment that it reminds them of communion wafers without knowing the origin. What are your memories of candy from when you were a kid? So this was probably when I was in third grade, and there was the tiny little drugstore at the end of the block, just like the stereotype. And you'd get your quarter, and you would go in there, and you had... Things like wax lips, candy cigarettes, um, and so you would just spread out that quarter the best you could over as many things as you could get. When I was in fourth grade in Brookings, South Dakota, every Saturday we would go to the movies, and they, we'd have a cartoon and a movie and a, and a short film, and it was like an all-day event to go to the movies, but next door to the movie theater was a candy store. So before we marched into the movie theater for the day, we, we went into the candy store, and they sold uh, red rope licorice and you could go in and get about 20 loops of red licorice for for about 10 or 15 cents and that's what i did every saturday morning i will say that when when i was about seven or eight my grandfather would come sometimes for lunch and we would see him coming up the walk and we'd be so excited because we knew that he would have handfuls of candy for us and then just as I would get excited, I would say, oh, no, lunch is going to be chicken livers because that's what he loved. What is that? Those candy necklaces. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Well, they got kind of gross because you'd eat them and you'd get spit on oh, them. Oh, I know. It would be all sticky on your clothes and your neck. 
Yes, but they were also just you know it, it brings back childhood. Are you are you? Do you, you know? have tears now? I, I do. I get very very emotional over it because you know part of my family's gone now and it, bleh, I'm gonna cry. So. Yeah. <laughs> my name is Judy. I grew up on the East Coast in a very very liberal environment. I now live in the West where they mountain climbed and biked and all that. We lived on a corner with a corner store. And in that corner store, we had penny candy. And I'm telling you, that was the highlight of our day. What was it called? Rights, W-R-I-G-H-T-S. When I first moved there, they had sawdust back in the, the meat department, which we thought was great. But we were really only there for the penny candy. And I have to admit, when we were really loaded, we had a penny for a pretzel stick, which you stuck your hand in this bed. And once in a while, we took two instead of one. When you look at this candy, which one hits you? Uh, actually, I have to admit the cigarettes. My mother and father smoked Pall Mall. Yeah. My job almost every day was to go get, go get two packs of or I guess it was one pack because they give me a quarter and two pennies for the tax. Oh, you actually went and bought the cigarettes oh, as a little yeah. kid? Oh, yeah. They knew what your parents smoked and they yeah they knew all the families they didn't care where i was <laughs> they never asked me a thing and you would bring the cigarettes home so seeing those candy cigarettes uh, so i wanted to do what they wanted to do and we after we went home with the gave them the real cigarettes my mom would give us a couple pennies for doing that we went back and got our own cigarettes <laughs> Kool-Aid tastes great wish we had some can't wait <laughs> I mean, this kind of conversation we're having right now happened in my store every day. Every day. I went home every day just worn out. No, but happy because I so many people came in and told me these stories and sang these songs. Tony isn't the only business person who has figured out that candy can reach somebody emotionally. The name of this place is Nikki's or Nike's? Nikki's. Nikki's Mini Donuts. Nikki's Mini Donuts. Nikki's our son, and so the logo, the picture is his face. In historic Crested Butte, Colorado, the shelves at Kim Makamel's store, it's called Nikki's Donuts, are lined with mouth-watering favorites. It's like the candy buttons. I remember my grandmother having that in her purse, the candy buttons. Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks, yes. I mean, this, this really lollipops, that was what they... Back then, up there, those Wild West. I don't know if they were called that back then, but people oh, yeah. come in and remember the big giant lollipops when they would go to fairs and stuff. I remember those. The satellite wafers. I don't know what those are, but everyone who's older grabs those. I don't know. Satellite sure wafers. Yes. I've never even heard of those, but I'm from a different era. And what about little kids? What do they eat now? Anything gummy. And we have the moon pies too. So their kids are like, "What is a moon pie?" And so the parents are like, we're going to get one because you're going to try it. Hey, Why did you come in the store? Oh, my kids uh, came here the other night and they had donuts and milkshakes and they absolutely loved them. Said it was the best milkshakes they've ever had. Really? Uh-huh. Do you remember any of these from when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. My sister-in-law was just talking about that. Which ones, Ellen? The bit of honey. Oh, what do you remember about that? Chewing. My losing cavities. <laughs> but it's so good, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Worth it. Totally worth it. And how about you? What do you remember from growing up? Yeah, sugar babies are good. Um, the little bottle, I just remember the taste of that wax with, with the little real sugary syrup that's inside that I would never give my kids now. <laughs> and then I love that my son loves Smarties. He just left. 
and so uh, that makes me miss them. Wacky wafers. Oh, the wacky wafers. Mm, they just remind me of playing softball in New Jersey. And these necklaces, like all, all this little sugary stuff. Yeah, we love it. You played softball. What did you have those after the game? or? Yes. Mm -hmm. That and bottle caps and wacky wafers and charms, the charms, we love the charms. I don't know what it is about candy that makes you feel good, right? Well, it brings back your childhood, you know, makes it fun. There's one candy that unites Americans to Germany. That's gummy bears. But Americans, Americans don't call them gummies, do they? No. And then when they came into my store, I had some American gummy bears. And then I had a German gummy bear. I always thought that I was kind of mean. Snobby. I was trying to educate them. And so, and I would, I would. I would tell them there's a difference between a gummy bear and a gummy bear. And then I would say, so if you want the gummy bear, you're going to have to learn that they're called gummy bears. And I told them what the translation of gummy was and why they call them gummy bears and where they came from. And they really were open to learning about that. And what I loved about it, that these little kids came in and they would run to the counter and say, we want to buy some gummy bears. And I felt like I am kind of making a point here. You're making a difference in the candy world. I was just trying to make sure these kids knew there was a difference. There is a huge difference. What's the difference? Uh, Flavor, texture, all the above. You open the bag, it smells different, it feels different. Smells different, really? Yeah, yeah you can smell the German gummy bears. There's more, more of a tropical flavor to them all. There's something aromatic about them, and I can taste the texture. And then maybe there's a slight sourness to them. We moved from, uh, from the United States over to Wiesbaden, Germany for five years. And one of the first things I discovered over in Wiesbaden was German gummy candy. And specifically, uh, there's gummy bears, but I loved the gummy Cokes. They're little tiny Coca-Cola bottle-shaped candies, and they were perfect. And uh, you get little tiny bags, they might have 10 or maybe 15 gummy Cokes in them, and they were like treasure to us. And uh, I, I loved them. I had them all five years while I was there. And then I came back to the United States, and they're just not the same. They're, they're not even close. Why is that? Who knows? I don't understand it, but they don't taste the same. They don't have the same texture. They, it, they don't have the t- same smell. They have the, they not have, even the same smell? No. They had, they had, a, they had a great uh, Coca-Cola smell over in, over in Germany, and they don't have that here. So uh, all I can say is that American kids are missing out. Milky Way every Friday, Liebesperlen, non-pareils, literally love pearls, pearls of love. Pez dispenser without feet, marzipan kartoffeln, literally marzipan potatoes. Chocolate. All chocolate. Sweet tarts. Sugar candy, what do they call those? The candy sticks. Rock candy? Rock candy, thank you. Chocolate clover cherries for my mom. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those little cordial cherries at Christmas time with the little juice inside of them. I love those. Is that what you're talking about? They only came out at Christmas time. So see what happens? You just start talking about memories and the you stop naming the I said I'm gonna to start to cry just hearing some of this. It's just and walking into Tony's room that he where he's actually it's not his store, he's storing them for his store. And to see my childhood in front of me still alive. 
with Hopalong Cassidy mugs and all the things I grew up with. All my favorite. I'd eat cereal. I hated to get a mug. I just love that that man came into my life. We're in a tough environment now. None of us here are young. We're all trying to live together. But candy and all the good things from our childhood and our life with our parents have come alive through Tony. And if anybody, anywhere, should have a public store where everyone can enjoy that feeling, call me. I'll talk to you. You're my hero. <laughs> I love you so much, you guys. Thanks. I fight, I fight to get the score open. I really do. I fight every day for it. Like the oompa loompa doompity doo. Doompity doo. <laughs> the Kool-Aid kids are off again to visit other lands. Be sure to join them when they do. Join them in some Kool-Aid too. <laughs> for the Big Ponder with editor Marky Linda Mulder, I'm Carol McKinley. You've been listening to The Big Ponder. This transatlantic podcast is brought to you by the Goethe Institute in collaboration with the Bertelsmann Foundation and Rundfunk Berlin-Brandenburg. Thanks to all our friends on both sides of The Big Pond that make this series possible. <laughs> <laughs>